years of trying not to publish this article, after two years of pretending that they would, their hand was forced, and their hand was forced by me. I'll give you the background story, but let's get into the article. It's called Interpretation of Canon Law Allows Rapists to Go Free After a Short Period of Prayer and Penance. That's the byline. The headline is Cameroonian Rapist Priest Rehabilitated. Let's get into it. A ruling from the Dicastery for the Doctrine of Faith has placed a rapist priest back on the job in Africa, and canon law helped that to happen. Just digest that, that thought for a moment. You're telling me that there is a defect in canon law, which is so obvious and so apparent that rapist priests are protected by canon law? That's what they're saying. Yes, that's what they're saying because that's what is true. Now, don't get me wrong here. Don't misunderstand me. Just because Church Maleficent says something doesn't make it true. What I am amazed at is that there is something that is true, which Church Maleficent also is saying. Like I said, broken clock. Right every now and then, twice a day, technically. On July 1st, 2023, Father Hillary Nagomi, who confessed to raping at least one 13-year-old girl, was fully returned to ministry by a Vatican decree, according to Bishop Michael Miabesu Bibi, prelate of the diocese in Cameroon. He announced the decree in a public letter dated August 23rd, 2023. Okay, background. Priest admits rape. According to an affidavit from the family, on August of 2018, Father Nagomi, then a parish priest of St. Martin de Pours Parish in Likimba, asked a young girl to clean his residence. When she came to clean his room, he forced her onto the bed and raped her. Sources close to the victim maintain that another priest who was related to Nagom subsequently told the victim in confession that she would go to hell if she told anybody about the rape. These sources further contend that Nagomi continued to sexually abuse the girl until she began to show indications of pregnancy. It was only then that her father learned what had happened. The girl's father then sought to kill the priest with a machete. Good for him. See, this is a proper country. Okay? Places like the Congo... Nigeria, Cameroon. These places are considered to be backwards by the West. This is a proper country. The girl's father then sought to kill the priest with a machete. It's a shame he fell short. While saying mass, Nagom saw the father approaching and stopped the mass. <laughs> Nagomi yelled to the congregation that the rebels had come to the church to kill him, portraying the situation as a political issue. Let me just stop there for a second, too. This disgusting bastard priest. You're not allowed to stop the Mass. For any reason. Once the liturgy starts, it goes. This is a little-known rule, I think, that people don't understand. Once the liturgy begins, it must be completed, and if the priest dies, another priest has to step in and finish the liturgy exactly where it left off. Once the liturgy begins, there is no stopping mass. There's no interruption. There's no turning to the people. That's a Vatican II thing. 
turning to the people constantly and dialoguing with them. So anyway, I don't know if this was even a real mass or not or some bogus sort of thing. But this disgusting creature bastard priest who's raping girls in the parish also is raping our Lord in the liturgy by using it as a political tool. Nagomi called for the military to come and kill the girl's father. When the military came, however, they asked the father's the victim's father, why he had planned to kill the priest. <laughs> After the father explained the situation, military officials approached Nagomi, asking if the father's rape allegations were true. He immediately confessed to the crimes and exclaimed it was the devil that did it. Authorities did not pursue the situation, calling it an internal church matter. Nagomi was dropped off at the residence of Bishop Bushu, Emmanuel Bushu, who removed Nagomi from his parish and sent him to live with family. Now, Bishop Bushu is pretty base. I have heard audio of Bishop Bushu being like, yeah, I did everything I could to sack this guy, but canon law protected him. Around November 2019, the victim's family submitted a formal complaint to Bishop Bushu, but only a month later, Bushu resigned because, at 75, he had reached mandatory retirement. The newly installed BB studied the case in 2020 and forwarded it to the Vatican. After more than two years, in April 2022, the Vatican decreed Father Nagomi would have to undergo a 14-month sentence of prayer and penance. During that time, he would have to live at the bishop's residence and be barred from conducting weddings and hearing confessions. He was, however, allowed to participate in public liturgies, later seen participating in public masses and ordinations. His sentence ended on July 1st, and Bibi announced in August that the priest was now permitted to return to full ministry. That's what's happened. Father Ngomi is hardly the only rapist priest in the third world to get away with these crimes. He is hardly the only one who is able to hide behind canon law. Uh, there's this interesting there's this interesting quandary. It's called unequal treatment. Bibi, the bishop, has been accused of purging certain faithful clergy from the diocese, including removing from ministry six religious associations of priests and several deacons and seminarians that were removed without pay. But since April 2020, Bibi has pulled from ministry 44 diocesan clerics, 30 deacons, 14 seminarians, despite no official legal action against them. These men, several of whom were interviewed by this journalist, await a response from the dicastery of the new evangelization, which is hearing their case. Their case has been placed under administrative silence. So, in other words, Bibi can pull guys out of ministry for no reason whatsoever. Doesn't even have to state a reason. But if a guy is raping children, he can't get rid of them. He has to be rehabilitated. That's what this canon law problem is going to say. Let's go there now. I hope I'm I hope I haven't lost you yet. Because in this segment of the show, which is brought to you by the Founders Trading Post, go to shop.mikechurch.com. 
If you are getting lost in this right now, you need to have another cup of coffee, which you can buy premium blends of coffee at shop.mikechurch.com. There are two or three or four different blends that you can buy, all superior to Folgers. So dump the, the nappy bean water and get yourself something that can help your mind focus, because this is an important story, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the canon law problem in the Catholic Church, which may be protecting child abusers. Okay, this segment of the article is called Canon Law Problem. The new aspects of canon law that are causing the seemingly universal public benefit for rapists have to do with a topic seldom discussed by Catholic media, imputability. In Catholic theology, this term refers to the degree of responsibility a person has for his actions. A person who does, not, who does something fully understanding that they are doing while fully intending to do the action is deemed fully capable or responsible to God for the action in question. Catholic moral theology recognizes six hindrances to full imputability. Ignorance, fear, passion, habits, violence, and mental disorder. In recent times, canon lawyers, bishops, and Vatican courts have claimed that clerical pedophiles and ephebophiles, adults attracted to post-pubescent adolescents, are not, that, that would be like McCarrick, are not fully responsible for their actions. Church law even states that in cases where an accused cleric undergoes the canonical penal process, the case may be dismissed or acquitted if the alleged offender is deemed not imputable. Now, this theory, this is where it gets really important here. Okay, I need you to zoom in on what I'm saying. This theory is traced back to the writings of a quote-unquote monsignor named Tom Doyle who had written on the subject when he was a practicing cleric in the 1990s. Tom Doyle is a faggot homosexual sodomite. No, no, no question about it. Everybody knows this. He's a non-practicing fake priest. He's not been laicized. He's not been punished. He's not been set aside. He's not been uh, uh, disciplined at all whatsoever he doesn't even pretend to be a priest he goes by tom doyle when you when he introduces himself he's like yeah i'm tom nice to meet you he is a faggot homosexual sodomite is that redundant so of course he would have a connection to gary michael voris of course he would continuing canon law commentaries quoted him referring to the expertise of secular psychologists from Washington, D.C., as their basis for decreasing punishment for pedophiles. Doyle, however, has since changed his position. He has since left the church to become a secular psychologist specializing in addictions. This is now his position. Okay, I'm going to read you his position. Tom Doyle, the... Guy who left the priesthood but didn't, like, walk away and get laicized. He just literally was like, eh, I don't feel like being a priest anymore. And he just apostatized. Nothing happened to him. 
no censure. No one ever said, hey, maybe we should read Tom Doyle's books. No, Tom Doyle is still quoted by the right and the left. Tom Doyle is still quoted by Janet Smith. She's a professor, so-called. She's a conservative, so-called. Does she have a connection to Gary Michael Voris? Of course she does. Does she have a connection to the USCCB? Of course she does. Do you see what's happening here? Quote, for many years, I have totally disagreed with the canon that says those with mental disorders are not culpable or fully culpable. I believe that should apply to those who have active psychiatric disorders that truly impede their will. Pedophilia is a paraphilia. I now know that pedophiles, no matter how compelled they are, can make a choice. For the record, and something you probably don't know, I am a recovering alcoholic with almost 31 years of sobriety. I am also a licensed addictions therapist. Through all that, I learned a lot, and among other things, that the Vatican Curia knows very little about addictions, mental illness, psychiatric disorders, personality disorders, etc. Is this, is this not your typical uh, uh, fake Freudian shrink? Is this not your absolute baseline story of a guy who becomes a shrink? Why did I become a shrink? Because I am crazy myself and I'm interested in my own insanity. They're all homo narcissists. Homo narcissists. No wonder this guy has been quoted by Mark Balistrieri, who works for Michael Morris. Mark Balistrieri, canon lawyer, loves Tom Doyle, quotes him all the time, uses this stuff, agrees that Tom Doyle is the basis for this canon law thing where it says the more children you rape, the more likely you are to be rehabilitated. Rape more children because you have that gives you job security in the Catholic Church. If you want job security in the Catholic Church, rape at least 15 children. Because that will tell you that you're not imputable. You have no imputability for the crime because you're addicted to raping children and it's not your fault. It's a mental disorder. Why? Because Tom Doyle said so. Who's Tom Doyle? He's the faggot former priest that's never been censured who left the Catholic Church and recanted those theories, but they're still repeated by guys like Mark Balistrieri and Janet Smith. Just to name a few. Just to name a few. His former position, this is the this is the author here of the article, not uh, not Tom Doyle anymore, the faggot. His former position, however, is still being quoted by canon lawyers and instructors of canon law. One of them is Father Peter Akpolfirian the judicial vicar of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. He oversees three canonical tribunals in the area. So this is actually happening to this day. The judicial vicar in New Orleans is still under the belief that Tom Doyle's former position is the correct position. In other words, more victims, more job security for Catholic priests. Rape away, father. Rape away, brother. Rape away, Mr. Cleric. 
In his recent book, Canon Law, Evidence of Penal Cases, Akpojiran, I can't say his name, Akpojiran continues to support Doyle's old position. He verbally confirmed that he would reconsider using Doyle's position and amending his books, but when he was asked on the record in writing, he did not agree to revise his book, which does not note, which does not note that Doyle has changed his position. Okay, I need to tell you that in writing that that on-the-record question, I asked that question. I asked him that question in writing. And he did not agree to change his position. He wrote back to me. And he did not agree to change his position, even when presented with the fact that former Catholic apostate headed to hell, self-shrink Freudian fraud, Tom Doyle, had changed his, his view. He's like, you know what? Now that I look back on my 31 years of alcoholism, I realize that pedophilia isn't the same as alcoholism because I really struggle with alcoholism, but I'm pretty sure pedophiles have a choice. Wow, give yourself a medal for being a genius there, Tommy. I wish Mark Balistrieri would come on the record. I wish we could get Balistrieri, the canon lawyer for Church Militant, the people who finally were forced to publish this article by me. I wish that Balistrieri would be quoted here. Unfortunately, I don't think Mark Balistrieri and Gary Michael Voris are on the best of terms right now. Something about a federal lawsuit... Something about uh, some hush money being paid. Something about uh, 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 pretending not to work there. Conflict of interest. I don't know. Something about being a shady mofo uh, somehow has impeded Mark Balistrieri from commenting on this particular article. Because in times past, recent times past, any article at Church Mil Militant, churchmaleficent.com, would have gone through Mark Balistrieri if it mentioned canon law. Mark Balistrieri, after all, in Dallas, Texas, is a canon lawyer. He puts himself out there as a canon lawyer. He's going to be the one to take care of you when you need a canon lawyer. <laughs> 